What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Roman's Rundown, episode six. Here is your host, Steve Roman. Steve, how we doing, bro? Good, Dave. What's going on? It's been a couple of weeks here. Uh, mischief went away on a family vacation, sort of like you. Went to Florida. Went nice. a little bit further south. Uh, skipped Orlando and went <laughs> right to um, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. Right, right to the there. right to the peace and quiet. Right, right past the Orlando exit. <laughs> as quick as I could, I blew some Mickey hats off. Some a couple kids. They didn't know where it came from. I think somebody on one of those go karts eating a chicken bone or a thigh stick. It was the size of Fred Flintstone. Yeah, blew out of their hand, and I was what's, out. What's in uh, What's in Fort Lauderdale? What you got going on down there? Uh, I have a small place on the beach, um, so nice. I'm able to get down there. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, listen, anybody that likes the beach, relax, living, um, nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary, but it is yours. It is private, and it's nice, and it is actually on the beach with a pool, so it's in a very good spot where you can entertain your kids and not have to do much. It's safe. It's yours. It's secured. I think um, in uh, in lieu of uh, other services that you pay for, maybe maybe we kind of um, say you know Dave and the family can go down there one day and stay a couple of days. <laughs> so in lieu of payment, <laughs> yeah, we could do we could Hell do yeah, we can do in lieu of anything because I know that you would do the right thing, and not only that, I know you and your wife would be like, wow, this is really perfect for our kids to get away for five days and escape. Hell yeah. And oh, just yeah. enjoy life. It's really a prime spot. And how was the uh, how was the weather down there? Uh, we were there for about eight days. I would say we had forty uh, percent bad, not bad, like rainy, overcast, subtropical Florida weather, seventies, um, and then the rest was about 75, 77 and sunny. Everybody Beautiful. got burnt. Got a nice tan sitting on the beach. Got some colors. So a little how vitamin do you, uh, D. With all the things that you've been talking about over the last couple of weeks in the first five episodes of this thing, how do you deprogram your kids to let go of the sports and then just kind of relax and cut back? Because, I mean, like they have to feel a certain way where they're like, Dad, you know, I'm not training. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing I'm not going to practice. Like, how do they do they adjust easily over there? Well, I'm constantly the master of causing havoc by going, did you do your setups? Did you do any crunches? <laughs> did you go to the gym? Has a really nice gym in the building, so you can okay. go down and do a workout. There's a sauna in there, so you could go. I don't expect more than 15 minutes, but, you know, you got to practice what you preach. Am I sort of leading them down? No, I'm like, what are we doing for breakfast? There's there's 10 breakfast spot on the beach that you could walk to. That are just cheap. Get a couple eggs, glass of orange juice. They serve grits down there, oatmeal. You're sitting on the beach, and it's just fun. You're killing an hour with your family, an hour and a half with your family, just looking at the waves, eating some eggs. Any uh, any nightlife or for for the adults or? Um, you know, Dave, I, I my wife and I were really trying to get a night out because it's a good spot for us to just walk to a place and have a couple drinks, but. By the end of the night, we were exhausted. We, right. we 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 were with the kids. We were on the beach. And you ask, what did we do? Nothing. <laughs> or everything. What you just heard. The cricket. <laughs> they thought we got cut out. That's basically <laughs> what we did. We woke up pretty early. We would try to reduce the meals, which is hard with the kids. These kids are... Everything's wrapped around food. With they're them. growing children. Yeah, they're growing <laughs> children. And anything you buy at the Winn Dixie or bring in is not good. It's toxic. Right. Fruits, vegetables. You could poison us. We need to go out. 
You mm. can't eat this at home. And you'll see as your kids get a little older, you and your wife will venture out. You'll share things with kid, with your children, but it'll be very meaningful and they'll remember it. And then they'll reminisce and be like, dad, can we go out? And then when you start doing real sports, for whatever reason it is, these kids today think every successful outing is wrapped up with a Chick-fil-A meal. You know, what the, <laughs> what the, is there a sponsor? I mean, I know they're right. closed Sunday. That's, that's and, great. Yeah. And I'm going, man, you guys got it made. I mean, I remember being a kid, if we brought in a pizza quarterly and you had to get 12 box tops to the pizza to get <laughs> that pie free, yeah. you know, as a kid, it, that's just how it was. So, um, yeah, no, my kids, they, they enjoyed it. They, they definitely, I mean, they're back too. It's funny you said that, Dave, because I said to my daughter, dude, your back went to workouts. Your basketball season just ended. They lost their last game. No. Yes. Dude, they, I, so far, were they, they were 14 and 0? They were like 22 and 0. Oh, shit. All right. They were 20, yeah. I, I was, I thought they were 19. And one of the parents were like, no, we're 22 and 0. We're going for, I was like, really? It's and that this is JV, right? This is JV. Yeah. They have a really bright future. And, um, you know, this is Eva's secondary sport. Her number one sport is softball. She's a pitcher. Like I've said, a number, you know, four, five, six hitter, big kid, um, throws hard. Uh, basketball, she's like Charles Oakley, Charles Barkley. Uh, uh, throwing you know. bows underneath the basket. Yeah, <laughs> she she doesn't tolerate too much. I mean, mm. she'll pick you up 10 rebounds, and, you know, she has a good game, 10 points, a double-double. Um tough strong kid but she's surrounded by point guards that are learning and young and if the coaching is good the next two years for eva as a junior and a senior they could do something they may be able to you know be effective in the county maybe make it to the first round listen it's very hard to say win a championship in high school i mean my daughter again to come from eighth grade at 14 into ninth grade make the varsity team bat five every single game and win the Suffolk County championship. That is a life changer. Mm -hmm. If you're an athlete and you played sports your whole life, let alone doing it at 14 with kids that are 18, these kids are at UConn now. That That's right around the with. time when I was 14, that was right around the time. Like intimidation became like a big factor. Cause I mean like the whole, your whole life you're playing sports against kids your age and, and like, you know, it's competitive and it's like, you know, uh, what do they call Pop Warner or or Little League or or even Travel League? Like you start picking up the pace, but man, it's got to be something completely different to go right into high school ball and be playing girls that are driving to practice. You know what I mean? They're, or they're driving yeah. their own cars to the games. Yeah, or to calling calling my daughter Sweet Pea, <laughs> and my daughter's telling me these three very pretty girls in a jeep are picking her up, and I'm like, what for what? She's mm. a, I'm going. She's, you know, I'm shaking this off like a cartoon character, you know, <laughs> going, shaking my and I'm going, wow, these kids are all seniors. They love my daughter because she's very mature. She's a starter. She's 14 years old and she speaks with her game. Mm. So now you, they're endearing to her. All of a sudden, the studs that are going away to D1 schools and this particular team had five or six kids going to D1 and D2 schools, more Division Two than Division One, because Division One is just such another level of... So she's playing both varsity and JV? Eva? Yeah. 
No, she's playing JV basketball. Oh, and varsity and baseball, var- softball, varsity okay. softball. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, so no, so. Uh, but next year, I mean, next year you would assume that she's going to be playing varsity basketball. Next year as a junior and a senior, I would expect. I don't know if Eva will start as a junior or a senior. She may be six or seven off the bench. She may be five. They may need her just to control underneath mm. because they have points. They don't really have bigs. Right. But they have ones, twos, and threes. Right. Eva could be a kid that just opens it up and she can shoot. Eva can shoot, you know, 10, 12, 14 foot jump shots at almost 50%. Nice. You know, if you put her in, yeah, she can shoot and she could shoot the three at probably 35%. So it's not a kid that can't shoot, right. but she, she can't create her own shot. She doesn't have handles where she can do that. She's a stationary shooter that needs a point to drive handle the ball and hit even 15 feet away, or even these kids can drive right to the hole and give it to her two, three, four feet, a step and a layup. Most kids she'll run through or will foul her because she's a bigger, she's a big hack a shack, you know, (laughs) that's that mode where, yeah. And even doesn't care. Like she'll be, you know, she'll be like, how's her free throws. (laughs) Her free throws are also, you know, she, great form you know she's a 70 percent free throw shooter she should be a 90 percent free throw shooter because she's such a outstanding shooter from 10 feet that's just she's reps that though that's just she's reps. just from 10 feet she's golden she can hit everything bro right she's open it's you know she'll go glad 10 feet isn't far as right. you go out her percentage drops but she's a she's a good shooter i mean and she's a rebounder so this team with their point guards next year, Eva will be a ju- listen. I expect her to play as a junior and a senior. You better be playing varsity. Eva mm. would be furious if she, even if she makes varsity and is sitting six and seven on that bench, she'll get playing time and be in the game, Dave. And she'll you need a bench. Pro- you need a bench. You need- and you know what? This is trickling down and kind of segueing into the fact that like you need a bench, and our beloved Knicks feel like their bench isn't really producing what we needed them to produce, considering the fact that we just got crushed by the injury bug, Steve. Like I'm watching even Jalen Brunson now hobbled a little bit, considering the fact that he's just doing it all. Like that, that just goes to show you that every move that the Knicks made to strengthen their bench, it almost doesn't, does it seem like it wasn't enough at this point? Cause I mean, they're they're losing games now. They got the brakes beat off them last night. I feel throughout the whole course of the game, they couldn't get it within like seven or eight of the Pelicans. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, You know, I've been watching them too. There's nothing, there's nothing we can really do being it, uh, being bit by the injury bug like that. They can't recover without Brunson. I Haverstein got hurt again. Mm. He was out last night. OG is out. Randall's been out for weeks. Um, uh, you look at the landscape of the East and it's like, okay, everything's fine because they were able to carve out a nice little niche at the four or five spot. Right. And they even, they, I mean, they were like a game out of the two spot for a minute. Right. So it's like, are they able to, do you think over the next, I don't know, six, seven games, like we're not towards the back stretch of the season just yet, but you know, these games are going to add up. So do you think they can weather the storm? I mean, it looks like OG is the first one to come back. Um, in a, in about a, oh, they're saying two weeks 
And then Randall, I mean, there was rumors. I was talking to Jimmy about this the other day that there were rumors that he might have shut shut it all down and get surgery and not be around for the rest of the season. But apparently he's going to play. Can they weather this storm? Do you think the Knicks are going to be okay when it comes to getting into the postseason as a higher seed? No, I don't. Wow. I, okay. I, I don't. I don't think um, unless if the Knicks get healthy. And no, of, of course, sudden, I'm saying like, can they weather the next couple of weeks? I don't think I don't see it. I mean, they made what's his Zion look like a beast last night, and he is not really special. to Can me. I He's tell you how how mad I was when we didn't get the lottery pick for Zion? And then like after the fact, I'm happy, like, oh, thank God. Happy. I know. I know. What a what, <laughs> what a, a disappointment. What a bust is right. I mean, watching him beat the Knicks last night when the Knicks had nobody and yeah. D Vincenzo can't do it alone. No, Deuce, not at all. McAllister, you know, these these kids can't do it alone. And and DiVincenzo's played the best basketball that he could possibly play for the rest of his NBA life. He's reached the pinnacle for him. This is the best he'll ever be, which is unbelievable. I mean, he's scoring. Same thing with like guys like Josh Hart. Like these guys are playing like they have to deliver and their they are. best performances of, of every game, it seems. That's why I'm telling you the Knicks can't do it without their players back. They And what was so exciting was, and right before we had left Jimmy's show, we went through that trade, and the three mm-hmm. of us were bitching and complaining, <laughs> and we were making fun of everybody and, you know, the, the front office, and we were disappointed with everybody. And, you know, they came back, and then within four weeks, we were going, holy shit. Yeah. The chemistry was together. Yeah. The Villanova crew was bringing in the blood and the guts and the tears. The Josh Hart hustle. Josh Hart His, literally busted wide open last night. His freaking whole whole face was busted open and there was no foul called. And I was thinking, like, is that like ball don't lie type mentality because of the other night when he basically like lunged at the guy's legs in that Pistons game? That Pistons game. I don't know if you saw the end of that. That was that, the- that might have been the craziest game I've watched in, in recent memory as far as the conclusion of it on how it all plays out. I mean, there, there had to been four turnovers in a matter of like three seconds. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, and the struggle with the Pistons was as annoying as, as is because the Pistons got eight fucking wins throughout the course of the season. There's no, there's no business being in that game like that. That was alarming. I thought it was. Well, it was, a little was the beginning of saying the Knicks can't play without their starting team. Nobody right. can, you know, as hungry as we are as fans, and as superb as this has been, better than 30 years that we've seen, the Knicks are hurt. And not only are they hurt, they're devastated by it. their top players are not able to play. You say, oh, for a week? No. For weeks, a month at a time. The Knicks cannot sustain this type of onslaught of injuries and think that they're going to be a team that's going to be, they're just going to maybe make it in possibly, and then be eliminated immediately because they don't if, if have they're it. not healthy. Right. I mean, this team is uh, from everything that I've seen um, when this team's healthy, like it's NBA or like conference championship round or bust. If these guys are all gelling, but if, if they can't get healthy and it's like, we're going to be in the fucking play in game, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're going to be in that lower it's... tier. It's going to suck because this is such a wasted <laughs> A, a wasted. I don't want to say it's a wasted season, but if if they fall flat with the team they got right now as assembled, 
because of the injuries, it's it's going to feel like one of the biggest wastes of a season that we've endured, right? I mean, here we go again. It's us right. reminiscing about being hurt again. And do we want to expose ourselves? We talked about this. Do we want to allow ourselves to believe that this team can be the team to take us over the hump, a team that'll grind? Mm -hmm. a team that's now the top five best teams in the NBA, and everybody knows it. Because when you're coming across the Knicks, you don't say, wow, it's just Brunson. It's everybody. It's Randall. It's Brunson. It's Hart. It's Haverstein. It's the OG. It's the bench. It's it's DiVincenzo. You're deep. You have three kids that played together in We're college. We're not even talking about the Bogdanovich that they just acquired. You know what I mean? Like, that guy could score. That guy, but we didn't even discuss him, and, and I don't even think he's been that good yet. I've watched no. him shoot and miss more than he's hit. And when he's on and shooting over his head, like they say, that's just the kind of shooter he is. And he's a tough guy. He's a European dude who I happen to like the European players because they're very businesslike. They're, they're, very cut, business they're cut from a different cloth, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, the kids that we have today that are sick and I don't want to talk about, you know, Memphis and, uh, you know, the kid again over there, Ja Morant. But mm -hmm. this is that is what America is with our children that play the game all different, maybe not to that extreme. I'll battle with you, call in and I'll discuss it with you. And then you have the European kid. That's different where, uh, the Greek freak grew up in, 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 in poverty in Greece and was playing at the YMCA and his brothers and these, his brother wouldn't even be in the league. He'd be on, uh, playing, video games at his brother's house uh, right. because the Greek freak, but no, he was hungry too. Any of his brothers got into the league and they're not great players, but they're guys that made the league got six, $7 million contracts and will run through walls for their coaches Absolutely, where we have the American kids that are going, what'd you say? Practice. We'll go back to Jim Moore. Practice. No, no, no. Did you got you got it mixed up. You got playoffs for Jim Moore, and practice was Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Yes, <laughs> I just did a great remix. So that wasn't even intended for you guys out there that want to remix that commercial with Reebok and Nike. Let's go. Yo, come on. We're trying to make some guap over here. That's um, it, bro. We so, got to get yeah. Dave a condo. Let's go. Not above the ninth floor. That's bullshit. <laughs> just saying. He's down there. I'd say hi as I go up. Oh man. Um, so yeah, so that's that's basketball on the front. But look, man, you were down in Florida. You know who else is down in Florida? The New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the entire baseball, major league baseball is down in Florida right now. Great gearing up. Yeah, gearing up for another season. Um, you're a Yankee guy like me. Yeah. Um last year might have been one of the most disappointing seasons that we've seen as a fan base since like the early early 90s i guess you could say um that's kind of where i started to become a fan of the yankees was was like 91 92 i fell in love with like bernie williams and stuff like that and then like th my favorite player of all time i mean it's very chalk at this point but it's Derek jeter you know like i grew up as a jeter guy like that's i bought two yankee jerseys steve in my day two who do you think they are besides Jeter? So who's the other one? Um, Mariano Rivera, Aaron Judge. Oh, Judge. Okay. So it's like I, I've, I've you have I've the selected, new captain. You have I've the old some, captain. Yeah, right. I've selected some good players. I'm not a big baseball jersey guy, but I was like, yeah, if I'm going to invest in a player, 
you know, I love the way Judge carries himself. I loved the way Jeter, Jeter was all class. And now it's like you're finally starting to see his personality, which is kind of cool. Uh, because, you know, you, you didn't get to see that. He was all business. He was very Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality-esque when he was playing the game. But I'm I'm pumped, man. I mean, look, the season last year was a complete debacle, right? You, you miss all postseason play. You just, you're watching the postseason and you're just like, this doesn't even feel right. You know, like with the Yankees not even being in it. But I guess my question to you is, you know, you, you see the Yankees and how they've kind of constructed their roster. It seems like the Steinbrenners were kind of fed up with the losing mentality and then like just like not championship or bust. They go out and they make a big, big splash. I was in Disney World when the when the trade actually went through for Juan Soto. So like all of a sudden it felt like the bullies were back in the Bronx as far as like we're getting whoever we want. Do you see this team? Can they achieve the ultimate goal as constructed right now? Um, no, we are short a pitcher. And now there has been rumblings about Blake Snell. I know there's like off and on talks with that, but as of right now, the Yankees, obviously they got Garrett Cole who's the best pitcher in baseball at this point. You know, they went out and signed Marcus Stroman for 18 mil. So it wasn't like it was a big, big, big contract, but then you got Nestor Cortez, hopefully bouncing back from what he just did. So you think it's still lackadaisical in the arm department? I do. I do. I just, you know, getting Blake Snell to me was just as important as getting Soto. And they're playing with with a guy who they they already failed with Rodon. Do you think and it's a failed even... already, though? Do you think it's a failed job? I mean, like, he well, was kind of well, banged he, up last year. Yeah, but we brought him over in hopes that this guy was going to do something for us. That well, he I mean, gonna... it was only one year so far. I mean, no, I know. I don't. I'm saying in the short period of time that Rodon is there, every time he's put the pinstripes on, he's been a huge letdown to me. They gave him $160 million. He had an attitude about him, too, which I didn't really feel was warranted, where he should have cowered and said i'm guys i'm hurt i'm gonna be back i didn't whatever i'm not i didn't like his attitude he's got a lot to prove to me i watched nestor pitch yesterday i'm worried about him too he had four strikeouts but he gave up seven hits in two innings that was the nestor that we left off with last year he's throwing 94 that's about as fast as he'll ever throw it I am a huge Nestor fan. I bought his T-shirts. I support him. I wanted to get to the 10th floor. I invested some of my personal finances to help his T-shirts. I love his attitude. I love him as a person. His personality is everything I want the Yankees to be um, because we went through a period of time with Jeter that he was so Mamba-like, and I wanted more because you and I are a little more personable where – Judge brings his dog out on the field with Rizzo. They're like buddies. We see a little bit of, you know, open wounds that these guys will be more open and honest. Where, you know, for 20 years, you watch Jeter, you couldn't penetrate a concrete wall mm -mm. other than championships. There were no girlfriends. There were no that TV you knew of. shows. <laughs> well, that you knew of. He kept everything out of. Did, he you, ever did hear, every you ever hear the rumor about the gift baskets? I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, if you're yeah, in that position. Geez. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
I'm sure he was working with Harry and David too. God knows the, the, <laughs> they don't even talk about it. that's probably his biggest contract. Right. He doesn't even talk. All these girls got chocolate covered fruits from exotic <laughs> fruits from Harry and David. I mean, some girls God have to walk of shame, but some girls are leaving with gift baskets. So I mean, and you can't, happy you can't can fault be. Them. They're the happiest pigs and shit, man. Like, they're, they're sharing <laughs> chocolate covered cherries with their girlfriend going over this story. Could you just yeah. go over it one more time? <laughs> <laughs> and when did he put the hat on? He put it on backwards? That must yeah. have been exciting. <laughs> God, Marla. Um, Marla. Man, it's a throwback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at this this team as constructed right now. It's weird. And maybe you do the same thing, but like I look at the Yankees and I always try to compare them to their successful seasons, meaning like who could be the CC Sabathia of the rotation? Who could be, you know, who could clue can close out games like Mariano Rivera used to nobody, nobody, right? Nobody, like, bro. Chapman. We don't have oh, Chapman was a fuck. I mean, dude, I mean, there was times a, where I'm like, this is awesome to have a guy that could throw gas like this bitch after bitch after bitch without missing a beat. And then all of a sudden there was a time where he just faced the Astros and he would just kind of, give that smirk and smile when he saw one just go sailing over his head 400 feet. And I'm just like, dude, why are you smiling right now? You know, it might've been like a nervous tick, but like at the same time, like he just cost us the entire thing, you know, like he walked out on us. He really yeah, did. He, he, he really walked did. right out. He, he I got it. He went and got a tattoo and it got infected, which, you know, listen, if you, I don't know where you're getting your tattoos, bro, you're making 20 million a year. You shouldn't be getting infected tattoos. No, but if you, if you are do it in the off season, right. we're in the prime time. I'm paying you big money to be on call. I need you to be a team player on call. That's the epitome of an anti jeter between the tattoo quitting on the team you know, shooting the gun off in Miami, it just started to crumble. I mean, he was throwing 102, 103 miles per hour. He's every still in the league. He's still in the league. So it's I, like, he just you know? got picked up for $4 million for this year. So even if he does nothing, they gave him another $4 million. And some people that just don't know how to handle their money. You know what I mean? Like he's obviously not spent his money wisely. Um, but like you look for that, that leadership. And I think Aaron judge does possess that. I think he's very, I think Aaron judge, absolutely takes it personal when when the Yankees lose baseball games, right? Like, he really does take it like, I don't give a shit what I did at the plate. If we didn't win the game, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what we did or how we did it. If we lost seven to six, I didn't have that extra hit that I needed. I would I could have went five for five but if I or, or four for five, but if I wouldn't have went five for five, we would have won the game. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's got that dog mentality in him, and it seems like he needs a little bit of a mix of youth and experience so like i'm seeing guys like you know dj lemayu had a really bad year last year but if he's like 85 percent or 90 percent of what he was last year i think we can get a solid hitter out of like guys like lemayu no listen this guy is all world they call him the machine for a reason right this guy had two bad years he came into the pinstripes and was lights out i never seen a guy hit like this before like ridiculous and if you watched him come in he was absurdly amazing right. and then he fell off and did i said hey, i had no off here what do you expect 325 and 100 every you know outings guys playing every position at an all-star level in the mid in the infield third base second base first base this guy's playing an elite job um, he had a terrible uh, 
that year wasn't great, and last year was a very difficult year. But I will tell you, the second half of the season, he turned it on. His numbers were double of what they were the first half of the season. He hit 300, well over 300 the second half of the season and had uh, 40 RBIs the second half of the season. So to me, DJ LeMay, he's crucial if he's going to be your number one hitter. You have to have DJ LeMay who hit 275. He's got to have 20 homers. And he's got to have expectations. Do you think the expectations for hitting for average have lowered in, in the sport of baseball? Because it's like, I remember, I mean, not to date myself, but back in my day, you know, if, if guys hit 300, you were fucking elite. You know, you are elite. And now if you're hitting 260, you're still pretty good. And I'm just like, you're 40 points away from what I think should be a Hall of Fame player. You know what I mean? So it's like, do you think the expectations are lower? Or do you think like, look, we all know how this analytics bullshit is playing into the game. And, and there's just it's unavoidable. You can't get around it. But like, if a guy hits 260, but his on-base percentage is 350, 400, then you're like, ah, oh, this guy's a stud. You know, have we lost the ability to just like really dissect on who's a good hitter and who's not? I mean, I could go through good hitters with you right now and tell you that, you know, there are well-rounded players, Dave. If you got a guy hitting 270 and had 20 home runs and 70 RBIs, and I'm going to throw in 10 stolen bases and played an above average outfield mm. that's he's going to start on your team. He's going to be one of the better players on your team. And I'm talking about a consistent player. Go right. through the Yankee lineup. You got Wells. Who's a baby, the catcher, right? High expectations. For him, I right? love, I love his grit. I love his playing style. I think that we finally got ourselves a decent catcher that we could develop since so, like, we haven't had a catcher in fucking a couple, long, of year, a couple yeah. of years already. You go back to Posada, maybe. Posada, you know? right. No, I liked I like Higashioka was a but he really wasn't a stud star, like you said. Right. You could probably Posada. So you have Wells, you have Trevino. Trevino's Garrett Cole's personal catcher, and he's a great defensive catcher. So you're gonna keep him in the rotation, and Wells needs rest. You can't wear him down. So if you have, let's say Wells. Cole, or you go Trevino Cole, however you want to do it. But I'm expecting a lot of nice things from our catching position between those two guys. Yeah. I'm talking about a 260 batting average between them both. I'm and, talking and prob- about and more than likely batting at the bottom of the lineup. So it's like both Absolutely. of them, you know, seven, eight, nine. I'm expecting 30 homers between the two of them, which okay. is about 15, 15, however you want to break it down, at least 15 a clip, maybe, you know. So if we can get a 260 batting average, 30 homers, 65 RBIs out of them, and they're very good defensive catchers, we're in very good position there. Pitching, we'll discuss, you know, Cole is the best in the world right now. He's Mm -hmm. proven it the last couple of years. He can't do it alone. That's not the name of the game. He proved that last year being the best in the world on a team that was just an average team. Um, first base, you have Rizzo, who I'm concerned about. He's a streak, he's streaky. He's yeah. one of my favorite players. He's past his prime. He had his prime with the Cubs. He did some great thing with great things with the Yankees. I absolutely love his personality. I love that he beat cancer. 
I love him. I love his dog, but I worry about him being, and I expect from Rizzo, 280, 30 homers, and 75 to 80 RBIs. That's my expectations. I feel like that's going to be a big... 60 homers between two two positions already, so you're you're expecting some power. (laughs) I am. I, I absolutely, and then I haven't even gotten the Glaber, who hit 25 home runs last year, and he's on a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. So That's this right. this kid's got to really deliver. Or he's going to be out of here. He's not. He's going to deliver. He's matured into a. He's the top five best second baseman in the world. That's my opinion. You think so? I, yes, I do. Okay. Based on his season last year, what he's he's a sick fielder. He's can run like a deer. He's in his prime. He's got great hand-eye coordination. He's a beast with the bat, and he's grown up a lot the last half decade. He's the Yankees. uh, I can't see the Yankees not signing him to a minimum after this. If he produces like he did last year, Dave, he's going to get a five-year offer at about $15 million a year from the from, from the Mets. <laughs> yeah, we'll lose him. Right, right. We'll lose him. If, right, we'll if Torres plays out of his mind this year, we will lose him. I, I, can, I can almost assume. If the Yankees let him go after, and they don't do anything again, and they let him go, and he produces at his age, a uh, uh, 275 batting average, 25 homers, and 70 RBIs, and they cut him loose to someone for a hundred million for five years. They give him 20 million a year, and the Yankees let him go. Then it's on the Yankees. Then they have someone to replace him because, mm. to me, he's your best set, top five second baseman in the world. I'll argue that with whoever you want. The numbers speak for themselves. Based on last year and this year, I'm expecting him to same duplicate numbers. How are you feeling about uh Volpe? good old shortstop Volpe? Yeah. I worry about him too. I think he's um I think the stage is too big for him. I mean, like he he did deliver in spots last year, but overall you would say that like as the prospect that he was coming into the season, you were like, Okay, this is gonna be great. And then like it just it was very hard to analyze a lot of these guys because of the fact that the Yankees just weren't winning baseball games. You know, it was very hard. Volpe is not a a um you know, like a Cal Ripken, a Jeter, I mean, nobody an A-Rod. Right, but you look at the big, they're trying to, he's small, bro. He's a right. small man. He's a little guy. Short stops come. Back in the day with Yogi Berra, you know, a five foot seven, five foot eight shortstop was a beast. Mm-hmm. Was big. Yeah. Was really, this guy's a little dude. Does he have the durability like Jeter, who was six two? 210 and worked. He was wiry strong. I mean, he was a strong guy. Forget about A-Rod, Ripken, you go through Robin Yout, some of the greatest shortstop. These guys were 6'4". You know, I worry about his size and strength. I like his speed. I like his fielding. I don't know if he's going to be a kid that hits 280 that can give you 15, 20 homers, play a flawless shortstop and drive in 70. You know, that's what the Yankees need at shortstop. That's, that's what true. they need. They don't need someone to hit 235 with eight home runs and 37 RBIs. For me, for, for yeah, for me, it's like, get on base, kid. Just get on base. You know what I mean? Like, just get on base. We'll let steal the power hitters do the rest. Yeah. Steal some, you, yeah, steal some bags, too. Absolutely. You got to have, he's got to be on base, whether it's walks or singles. 
you can't, he's got to be on base. His on base percentage has to be big. So there's a question mark there. I haven't had really one question mark until we got to shortstop. Right. Yeah. And, and, third, and, and yeah, third base we talked about already with um, LeMayu uh, being the stud that he is. So that's good. Um, now you shift it to the outfield and now, now you're looking at a team where it's like, okay, you know, now it's, now it's you know, a dream team. Now, now you have a dream yeah. team. Now it's now you're like you're you're getting rid of the PTSD that you have with Aaron Hicks, right? You don't have that anymore. You you you're starting to not worry about that. Aaron Judge is going to shift over to center field and play some center field. Obviously, then you got Juan Soto, you got Giancarlo Stanton, who's not probably going to play too much field this year. I don't think. I mean, he I saw a stat the other day, Steve, thirty one percent of last year on the IL, thirty one percent of the games. So you're looking yeah. at a, over a quarter of the season. You're out and not available, and now he's showing up. He's showing up looking like a, a you know a little bit leaner, a little bit more on the thin side. Um, my father always said he's like he feels like John Carlos Stanton. He's a Mets fan, but he you know he looks at Stanton. He's like he looks like he's wound too tight, you know, to be a baseball player. He just didn't look like he doesn't look like your DJ Lemayus. He looks like a fucking Greek statue that's playing the the sport of baseball, and and sometimes it doesn't bode well for a guy that size. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Dave. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, he's his his he's not pliable or flexible. And if you look past his last five years, he's been on the bench. I think thirty nine percent of the time. <laughs> so it's almost forty percent of the time over the last. And it's finally, I appreciate his honesty because he's made you know a quarter of a billion dollars in <laughs> baseball. And I do appreciate that he has carried the team for small increments at a time. And he's sort of a nice guy where he's where he's humble about it and he handles himself well. This particular year coming in, he's 20 pounds lighter. He got rid of that muscle mass, which is constricting him. Like your father said, he's like a constrictor. He can't loosen. That's not a game constricting and looking like a Greek God or the Rocky statue in Philly isn't going to help you be a better baseball player. It's not. I, so I think his, his people got to him and said, listen, you got to lose the muscle mass. We got to get you into yoga, stretching, mm -hmm. be more pliable. And he did come out and say, he's, it's not, it's not acceptable. The amount of time that he is on the field. And he did say that I did appreciate that because yeah. they're not, subtracting any of that money dave that's not going to us as disgruntled fans right. i think jimmy's in a pipeline to get a few bucks but i don't <laughs> want to get into that especially as the, as the leader of the john carlos stanton fan club yes absolutely <laughs> he thinks and he thinks the carney lansford no, fan that he, too that he thinks too. he thinks stanton could do no wrong <laughs> right yeah, i was like yeah. I, I was like how much time you got? I'll tell you how much wrong Stan can do. Yeah, that's a show I may have to horn in on, um, <laughs> right. you know, with your dad, actually, as a special yeah. guest. Yeah. But, yeah, very so. disappointing there. But hopefully he can come back. I mean, I know he – I love hearing that he hits the ball the hardest of anybody in the league off the bat, and he hits the furthest home runs, which is really cool. What would be amazing is that he played 80% of the season, had some real nice numbers, and what became a united force. Mm -hmm. With the beasts like Judge Soto, yeah. who I've watched already, is something special. Now he's got some opposite field power that I didn't think existed. Man, that ball went—I think it was over 400 feet the other day. Opposite it like a way, front. yeah, yeah. It was—I didn't think it was out. I thought it was going to be a pop-up deep to to left center the other way, mm. and it flew over the wall. 
and I know the balls fly out of Legends Field in, in, in Tampa, but he said, he just said, I didn't really get it. I hit it the other way. And he said, <laughs> I like it. Can you imagine? Oh, I, didn't get, I, I didn't get that when I was off the end of the bat, but yet it still carries over 400 feet. And you're like, holy God. Like, if this guy gets a hold of one in Yankee Stadium, he might put one out of the stadium. Yeah. Especially like, right field. I mean, it's like the short porch. I mean, come on. He's going to hit the back wall. You, you know, plenty the Yankees, of shots into Monument Park. <laughs> so. I mean, you're right. The, the Yankees have a, a, you know, the best outfield in, in the game, um, hands down this year, if they can stay healthy and produce, we didn't even t- talk about Verdugo, who is a player. That, yeah. I mean, look, he had the most punchable face on the Boston Red Sox roster. I wanted to he killed like, us. I, I want, I want to maul him every time he got to the bat. I just put like, if I was that guy in the field, I would just fucking spear him double leg takedown. Just like I Hated Verdugo. He started to climb the ranks of like the Dustin Pedroyas of the world. Like for yeah. me, like I, I just wanted to just maul this dude. Then he comes to the Yankees and, you know, shit. it's not the same as Johnny Damon. When Damon came over, I was like, this piece of shit. I don't want nothing to do with this guy. You know what I mean? He murdered us in the ALCS, right? Like he just completely shattered dream. Verdugo was that punchy, like scrappy dude that you're like, I hate this guy. But man, if he was on my team, I would root for him to no end. And sure as shit, now we're here. And Verdugo's going to get some playing time, man. Yeah, he's going to cause some problems. This guy's fitting in real well. Mm. I'm watching his personality, how he's conducting himself. He's palling around with Judge. He's palling around with Soto. Soto, I worry about, has a little bit of that Latino hop, skip, and a jump attitude What yeah. where, you know, New York sometimes can be a little bit of, uh, you know, can percolate in a bad way if it's a bad setting. I think this guy's going to get a pass. They did ask him. He does some sort of hop, skip. Oh, it's like the it's the shuffle. It's that little it, shuffle yeah, thing. Yeah, little, that's going to yeah. get over well, but it's going to get very old if he bats like 190 in, in April. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, the, yeah, that, that'll, that'll put him on a short fuse. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily like it, but then when I watch him play and the names that they have him with, Babe Ruth and, yeah. and whoever, the, the sometimes, like, sometimes he's, just leave it. Sometimes they really do like to compare guys too quick. And then all of a sudden the expectation of these guys are like super high. And it's just like, oh man, I, don't, I wish, I wish they wouldn't have done that. You know, I wish they wouldn't have said like, Hey, Soto's the best hitter since Ted Williams. And you're just like, no, come on. Like, can I we mean, not? it's early. It's early. It's hype. I mean, it is interesting to see that based on his numbers at this point, you're like, yeah. and I agree with you, like, wow, can he, you're saying, God, sustain it another five or 10 years, then mention those names. Right. That's what you're saying. Don't come to me yeah. after three or four years and, you know, and then talk about Babe Ruth and, 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 and Stan, and, you know. And, and you know this just as well as I do, like baseball players are now being, you know, First of all, I, I get I get a little upset because I am a baseball head after all, but like I feel like the kids are shying away from playing baseball because maybe it's not overstimulating for them. But like when the like the kids that are making their way into the league, they're faster, they're stronger, they're just freak athletes, you know. So like for for every Juan Soto that's coming into the league, give it another five years and there will be another phenom that comes into the league. You know what I mean? Like there's there are is there is a breeding ground and maybe it comes from the DR. Maybe it comes from Puerto Rico. You know, like these guys down there, just like we talked about the European basketball players, I feel like, you know, it's just a different 
way of life when you're playing baseball down in the Dominican Republic. You're just a better baseball player. I don't know. It's is that do you agree with that sentiment? Like I do. I do. They don't have they don't have well, there's the other extreme where you have a kid like Matt Holiday. You know, Matt Holiday, the great baseball player. He has two sons. Both of his sons are the number one prospects in the United States as wow. baseball players. Now, Matt Holiday made $100 million in his career. If you look to see where Matt Holiday's kids are training. and Top it's, notch, I'm assuming. Bro, it's gorgeous. You mm-hmm. talk about a, a pickleball court. I, I, I'm just talking about weights, wiffle ball field, radar guns. And I'm talking about it, an airplane warehouse. Right, where these guys are hitting with their father. Those are popping up, I think, more frequently now. These these training but, facilities for baseball indoors. But this is just this is just his house. Right. This is on this is his house. So yeah, that's say, the third floor, by the way. It's right, right. But it's the third floor of his estate. I'm right. in a building. This is the third floor of his estate where you're right. elevating up to the sports complex. Yeah. So if you're wealthy and in that position, and like LeBron, you know, his son had a heart condition. But take a look at Matt Holiday's kids. It's either you're you're an you came from wealth your parent your dad was one of the greatest athletes that walked the planet mm-hmm. because he played professional baseball made 100 million stats speak for themselves anyone that plays in the MLB is top 2% 1% athlete in the world that's what you know I, that. that's what drives me nuts when people are just like Dude, you know even terrible. when they're watching the NFL or the baseball or whatever sport they're watching they're like this guy stinks I'm like this guy stinks he's he's playing in the in big majors, he's like he's a big league ball player. Get off your high horse. The guy is one of the best in the world at what he does. There's a roster of 40 men, you know, per team. So maybe like 120 players that start in the league out of the millions that are around the world. Like it's just for anybody who just I hate the over critiquers. You guys are driving. Well, me wait until you get your kids out there. And then I have my daughter playing, you know, varsity softball. And you're listening to parents in the background going, my kids unreal. They're going to UCLA. You see this. See this. 0.1% of the kids playing softball in America are going to UCLA. Right. What are you talking about? <clears throat> now, granted, the kids may be an all Long Island, Suffolk County player. But like you said, Oh, God, hard to deal with, man. People are not in reality, and it's very, very unfortunate. And when you look at it, or someone did play in the big leagues, the NHL, the NBA, you know, the all these – these are the best athletes in the world. And even if you sniffed it for a minute and you played in the you played AAA, you're still considered one of the best athletes in the world. Think about that. Um, Like, if you're ranked 33rd as a quarterback in the world, that means you're the – the best backup right now, you know, like you are still the 33rd best football player or quarterback in, in the nation right now, or in the world rather, you know what I mean? So right, and you're going to make a couple of million bucks. Right. Dude. Backup quarterback might be the best job of all time. Just so everybody's clear, <laughs> you know, you're, you're holding the clipboard, you're running the scout team. And then you, if, if called upon, you get your moment in the sun, but if not, guess what? You're good. You're financially set for the rest of your life. But anyway, um, 
Look, quick it, story. Yeah, I wanted to tell you a quick story. You, Dustin Pedroia, you were talking about can't stand him as a oof, Yankee fan. Oof. Did you hear the story about him and Big Poppy all, no. all the years they had their success together? I hate, I hate Ortiz, too, by the way. This Give is me, miss me with the Hall of Fame with this guy, considering the fact that he was linked just like everybody else with your steroids. steroids and shit. And now all of a sudden you get in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because you got shot a couple years back. In like, Puerto Rico in your hometown. Yeah, yeah. They really love you down there. <laughs> this is this was phenomenal. Uh, real, they did a roasting and they were talking about Pedroia and Pedroia said all the year, ten years he played with Poppy. All those years, he called him Pee Wee. That was just you know, that was that's what David Ortiz called him was Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. Well, they were they were hanging out and it was towards the end of their career and. They were doing an announcement at a game or something, and it was, uh, you know, some the best athletes. And they and they announced Dustin Pedroia. They go and Dustin Pedroia and Pop David uh, Ortiz is sitting next to him, and um, he goes to 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 uh, David Ortiz says to Pedroia, Pee Wee goes, Pee Wee, they just call you Justin, a uh, Dustin. <laughs> He goes, it's not Justin, it's Dustin. He goes, why are they calling you that? He goes, are you fucking serious, bro? He, goes, he didn't know his Dustin. name the entire time. He did, in 10 years. He goes, in 10 years. That's great. Yeah, I just thought it was a great story. And coming from them, if you ever get a chance to see it, it's hysterical because we hate them anyway. Oh. But to think these guys played together and Poppy really didn't have the respect to even know. Like, you think, you know, how do you not know? You're playing in a fucking major oh when you're when you nickname somebody for so long you you almost i got guys that i'm like best friends with since high school that i like i got a good friend is i call him slim slim has been his name for as long as i've known him and sometimes when somebody's like hey you know i was talking to anthony i'm like who the fuck is anthony (laughs) and i was like and i would forget and i'm like oh slim you know so that, that does happen from time to time but listen episode six comes and goes in the books we're talking knicks we're talking yankees we're talking spring training, our expectations. We're very excited about it. Next week, obviously, with another week closer to the season, more things will pop up. So, Steve, uh, you know, kind of close it out. Let the people know, uh, you know, where to find you online and, and uh, how to follow the show. Yeah, so uh, continue on checking us out. Dave will have us online on uh, all the uh, forums. Dave, the forums are... Uh, YouTube. Yeah, Instagram, YouTube, all the clips of, from the show can be found on Steve Roman's uh, on Instagram and, of course, the YouTube channel, Chop Sports Media. We house a couple shows over there between Roman's Rundown, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, Jersey Boys Podcast, Midlife Crisis with Jim Whalen. So we got a couple cool and the dude cast, of course. So a couple cool shows. Um, Steve is right there as the I guess you can call him the three hitter right now. So he's uh, he's sitting there and he's he's looking to become the cleanup guy real quick so. <laughs> so all right well we'll keep it going dave and i'll keep it going we'll be talking about our families incidents that we have behavioral intervention plans i know all you parents out there need to hear it we need to hear it keep your minds open it's always good to know yes, how sir. to handle your kids the best way to go about it and dave and i will always be touching on sports but we always will be touching on reality and things that are disturbing us in our life and how to make it better 
So we appreciate you guys. Show number six. Thank you to Dave for handling everything behind the glass, as Jimmy would say, Mr. Palumbo. Shout out to Jimmy. And uh, let's go Yankees. Let's go Knicks. And let's go to uh, our break, our commercial break that we don't have. <laughs> let's go to episode seven next week. See you guys later. All right. Take care. Peace. Thanks, Dave.